The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. And looks for salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Grab Podcast. I am Mike Stevens, and sitting across from me is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how you doing? Alive. A little bit under the weather today. Um, yeah, I've, I've basically eaten crackers and nan bread for the past two days, so that's fun. That's, you know, diet of champions right there. <laughs> that's exactly what you, what you need. It's... You know, it's all all carbs, baby. That's what yeah. we love. That's what we love yeah, to hear. Exactly. Well, I, I exactly. to be quite frank, I literally can't keep anything else down. So I, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Yeah. If I keep the nan bread down, it's a, we're going to chalk that up to a win. <laughs> what I love is we've started like I was listening back to I I've, I don't usually listen to our podcast, but, but I, I was on a walk today and I was listening back to uh, last or I guess was it last week's it was when we when we were talking about um, our injuries. And, and, and we have gone into great detail about all the different sort of ailments that we're dealing with. And I just want to apologize to any listeners who might be eating or <laughs> just uh, uh, dealing because I was talking about how when I tore, like I've, I have a torn meniscus and a flap of my meniscus is stuck in my knee joint. Yeah, that almost and you made were me like, throw up. Exactly. And now we're talking about, yeah, well, I might just yak in the middle of this bog. Like it's we're 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 falling apart, man. It, it's it's absolutely crazy. But speaking of falling apart, the the league is absolutely <laughs> falling apart. So this is going to be the league is the uh, what is this, this, is gonna, the, this is fine gift. That's what the league is right now. Yes, exactly. Literally that like it's George Perro sitting in a house. It's burning around. I'm going, this is fine. That's, um, yes. And so it's going to be a bit of a different podcast because there's just so much to talk about with the Tom Wilson stuff. And we also promised you to talk about the, the Columbus blue jackets, Aaron ports line stuff. Um, so we're literally just going to do that. We're, there's going to be no headlines, yeah. uh, no, no, no plot points, nothing. We're going to talk about how Columbus is a bad <laughs> place to play basically. Um, and then we're going to, and then we're going to talk about as Rachel put it in our, in our prep here in the, in uh, the title in all caps and bold, what the fuck is going on? Where do we go from here? Yes. <laughs> so it's going to be great. I've been preparing for this podcast like Eminem prepared for his rap battle in Eight Mile. Like Yo, I, I, I've just been. Epic. I know it's been mom spaghetti this mom entire spaghetti. week. It's been, <laughs> <laughs> but it's oh it's it's abs- it's absurd because I, I just I don't know. I've been getting progressively madder and madder as the more news comes out about this. No, I honestly so, like literally want to throw my phone off my balcony. Oh, and not even just oh like God, drop it. Like I want, like, I want to like, full blown. No, like throw Clayton it. Kershaw whip as this far thing. as it can go. Yeah. Yeah. As far as it can possibly go, because it, it's it's just been an absolute cesspool. I also want to like any any talk radio station. I want to throw that into the into the lake as well, <gasps> because it's just been a just a cavalcade of terrible takes. But before we hop into that stupidity, let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Athletics Aaron Portsline, a fantastic beat writer. Um, I find, by the way, I find with the Athletic that they're like smaller market beat writers are great because they're like the predominant voice in that market and they just get so much info. And Portsline is one of them. I, I find like it's 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 like a Portsline or it's, you know, like even... I like Joe Smith like, in I think, Tampa as well. 
yeah, Joe, like Joe Smith does a great job. Sean Shapiro does a great job there, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so what Portsline did is, is, is because this has just been an absolutely terrible season for the Blue Jackets. Like this has been a, a like from a, from a PR standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, player standpoint, just everything. Yeah, basically terrible. from start to finish, top to bottom, it's been horrid. Everything you could possibly want to accomplish as an, as a franchise in the NHL, they failed at this season. Everything from retaining players to treating their like treating their stars to all that ridiculous. So what Portsline did is he he brought together under the guise of full anonymity. Is that how you that's how you pronounce it, right? I I want to make sure. Anonymity, yeah. Anonymity. Not anemone like in Nemo, that is where clownfish live. No, anonymity. <laughs> anonymity. Okay, good. I, I nailed you got it. That's it. Home that's dog, one of those he's thank, on it. Thank you. Thank you. I've been trying. That's one of that's one of those tough tough words um but yeah so it is under, tough to say good it job. is tough thank you it's especially when you're just like you know ripping out the Mike. words thank you thank you i i needed that rachel um and so uh, essentially allowed them to kind of speak freely and ask them a bunch of questions about what it was like to play um what it was like to play in this and or play in this play in columbus and so there's there were a lot of points that really stuck out here and i'm going to talk about kind of what stuck out to me what stuck out most with you um there was a couple things. So the coaches or the honesty about Tortorella, um, I would say that a lot of times we see that like star players get special treatment. Um, and this player coming out and saying that Torts has the same, like he holds the star players to the same accountability that he holds the depth players. I think that's super rare in professional sports, specifically in hockey. And so um, honestly, like, Torts has a ton of my respect for doing that because that's a tough thing to do. And you know what? It might be a harder place to play as a star, but the reality is it makes you a better hockey player and it makes your team better. Because if I can tell you, like if you see somebody on your team that is better than you, but they're not being held to the same standard as you, it's disheartening. And so it definitely affects team dynamics. So for me, that was, um, that was kind of one thing that, that really stuck out to me. Cause I was like, you know what? Like he gets a bad rap, but to be quite honest, good for him. Yeah. No, I, I think you're 100% right. And if Pierre Luc right. Dubois doesn't like it, then I think that says more about Pierre Luc Dubois than it does about John Tortorella. And I think if we're if we're going to extrapolate this across Tortorella's career, like even Patrick Laine, whomever, like other mm. former players, this says more about the attitude of star players than it does about Tortorella. Because for me, I'd way rather have a coach that mm. hell, holds me accountable as a player than uh, somebody who, who allows me to just kind of do whatever I want just because I'm good. Yeah. I don't think it was a, it was a coincidence that Dubois got traded the game after he put in that pitiful effort. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Where he literally was like doing pirouettes on the ice. Yeah. He just, he just like glided into the corner and stood there and like, and it was, it was absolutely absurd. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're hundred percent right. Do I agree with everything that Torts does? Absolutely not. And I think that some of that can be a little reductive to the, you know, to the actual success of a team, but Hey, I, what I was, what I thought more of this was that it was a huge indictment on how Yarmo Kekalainen conducts business there because, what a big criticism that was that was said by these players. And keep in mind, like these are players who have played in, in like played in the Yarmo and Torts years. Like like th- these are not you know former players who get on their high horse and say, oh you know back in my day it was way better. You know it, it looks like it's these are these are players who were in the trenches, and 
they uh, shout out Ryan Rashog in the trenches. Oh, and God, uh, I it was about and that. you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget about that. And um, uh, it, but what Yarm, what they criticize Yarmo for is a looking to the future instead of appreciating what he has. Because yes, you're always supposed to be planning for the future, but if you have a good core, like you shouldn't always be looking to like leverage it for futures. Like you should just be like there's such thing as a contention window. It's not just Futures, futures, futures. Um, another one is the way that they, you know, the way that they negotiate and how they just draw a line in the sand. And if you don't capitulate to that, then you're not coming back. And that's a pretty tough way to retain top end talent in a league that is growing, you know, that is, that is shifting farther and farther towards a, like, you know, players just empowering themselves. I think it's not the same though. Like with UFAs, you can't do that. But with RFAs, you absolutely mm. can draw your line in oh, the yeah. sand. And I, to be quite frank with you, I wish that some teams maybe near where we live <laughs> drew a bit of a, a harder line than they did. Yes. Um, because I think, you know what? I don't, like, you can say what you want about the RFA structure, but that is the way it is. And so if Car- Kekalainen wants to operate like that for his RFAs, he is well within his right to do so, and he probably should operate like that. With the UFAs, mm. though... You can't operate like that, especially when it's Columbus. We're not talking about Chicago with Boston, L.A., Toronto, New York. Like, we're talking about Columbus. So exactly. if a player makes, let's say a player wants $10 million bucks, Well, come to Toronto. We'll pay you eight and a half. But you can also get a million and a half in endorsement deals. Same with New York. And you're, Col- and you're set for life, too. Right. Columbus can't do that. They can't offer that. So they have to step up. But RFAs, I'm all for squeezing them. A hundred percent. Squeeze them. But they were a hundred percent. And what I was, but what I saw here is that there's a quote where it's essentially like they're expecting you to take less to play there. Which, no. And, like, if anything, that's that's a, that's something that a big market should be able to wield. It's like, yeah, we're the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, you'll be if you're a Leaf and you achieve any success here, you're set for life. You'll be you'll be making you know ten, fifteen grand signing hockey cards at a at a Canadian Tire on a Saturday, you know, in twenty thirty five. It doesn't matter. But Columbus, it's like or no like one, Tampa, where it's like you're good. Yeah, or you're, or you're in Tampa. Where like, I would good. literally sign league men in Tampa Bay just to win the cup. Like, you win the cup and then you get to live in Tampa. <laughs> I Bay. frankly just I would. You win the cup and you get to live in Tampa Bay and make seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Tax free, tax baby. free. Like it's like you knew that you knew Tampa was. Although winning. the difference there is not as big as everybody thinks it is. No, I know, but but you win like you win. Or, uh, uh, you knew they were the the Lightning were going to win the cup when they did that. You know, getting the gang back together video um, coming into the bubble. Oh, and God, it was yeah. all of their ba- I hammered the Lightning, and it was all of their backyards, and it was just like everyone has a mansion, everyone's got a pool. One dude's in like a, in a sea do and like their pool. Like it's just it, life's good there. But yeah, this is Columbus. Like you should like this is a. And le- there are two ways to deal with this, and, and and we talked about this briefly. Is that like they're like you're a small market team, and it's good that these two comparisons I'm going to make are you know they, they're in the same state, so they're very comparable from a market. Is you're a small market, so you either you you either build your entire brand on achieving success in this like tiny bubble as like so- something like a Green Bay or a Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron was there. And the way that you do that is players would take less to join and play with LeBron and, you know, get a shot at a title because LeBron was there. But Columbus doesn't have a LeBron and they don't have an Aaron Rodgers. They're a small market team. And the way that you, you succeed there 
is you draft incredibly well and you build a strict culture of winning um, or you overpay for guys and you pay them a little extra to come there and then you build out from there and they've kind of done neither. So it's, it's, it's kind of the audacity to ask players really to, to take less to play for the Columbus blue jackets. Like what are they getting out of that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't, I thought it was a pretty revealing it really was article. Um, it was really well done. Um, and I like that players, like, even though it's anonymous, like I like that they were willing to do that. Cause it kind of shows, um, like I think even five or six years ago, we wouldn't have seen this kind of thing. And so for me, that, that was kind of a signal that like maybe some, some players are, are a little bit more willing to talk, 100%. Um, even though they're, it's anonymous. Like the fact that they were still willing to talk, um, that was a good sign. Yeah. They wouldn't have said that if they didn't mean it. They wouldn't, have, they, they wouldn't have agreed to say these things if they didn't think that it was worth being said, you know, even, right. even with anonymity, like it doesn't like there's there's some there's there's a chance some of that leaks or there's a chance that, you know, like someone finds out through like the relationships like there's like you're just kind of it's just like an unnecessary thing if it didn't need to be said. But there's a like I think, you know, and these are players who used to play for the team but don't play anymore. They're clearly looking at this place that they used to play and going like, what is going on here and giving their perspective this is Columbus. Like if they don't retain Patrick line, they're, they're screwed. Like who is going to want to go play in Columbus after all this? Every player. I has, don't think that they're going to retain line. Yeah. Which is that that's, that's a failure on every front of an organization. Like uh, the only, yeah. I think the only saving grace they'll retain line is like torts is obviously not coming back. So I've heard from more than, a few reputable sources that he actually didn't even want to go back this year. Oh, you can tell. You can just tell from the decisions he's making. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't want to be there. The 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 last thing anybody in Columbus needs is torts with a fuck you attitude. Exactly. Last one anyone in anywhere needs is torts with a fuck you attitude. That's the most dangerous man alive. <laughs> I wonder if that's a landing spot for Gerard Gallant because he showed in Vegas mm-hmm. that he can get the most out of a roster and he's very clearly a personable guy they like him players i love wonder Gerard if that's Gallant. a spot for him that'd be a great spot for him i think he thrives in, in those kind of markets like he he looked good in florida where no one really gives a shit about hockey he like um you know what's who's not a good pick for columbus who mike babcock what yes yeah <laughs> i don't think he's not a good pick for anybody there is not a single well, coach i, just, I think gallant is just a better pick or bruce uh, boudreaux yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's like, like to me, those two would be kind of they the need top a, of my list. I think they need a player coach. Like uh, they need, they need kind of like a, a, a three, si- or not three sixty. That's going right back to what they had before. A one eighty. A one eighty. Yeah. There we go. They need, they need, let's leave the math to me. Yeah. This is, this is why <laughs> I, I'm supposed to be the graph. I'm really dropping the ball here. This is, this is bad. You just draw the graph. Exactly. I just draw the graphs the in crayon. Is Mike makes everything pretty this is how this works Mm -hmm. i spit out a bunch of like things mike makes it look pretty and that's why he's the graph part because he makes it look nice i draw it in crayon all the memes you see this is mike yeah i I draw the graph in in crayon on on you know construction paper and rachel i give you the equation and you make it look nice and and rachel puts it right up on the fridge so everyone can see it and say how proud they are of me i make my proud of you thank you i make my i make my macaroni uh uh, (laughs) i make my macaroni pictures 
and you show you show everyone macaroni crafts exactly you and jim benning me and jim benning he's bull he's eating the macaroni even though it's not cooked <laughs> and it's 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 really weird um but i actually did that as a child really and it was disgusting i did that once so my my parents had like for christmas decorations they would have um like you know those strings of like popcorn and then uh, uh like it's 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 it is a christmas decoration there's like you put like no. popcorn and like cranberries on like a string and it's it's like an old time um, it's okay. a, there is we, you, google it, it. germans do not do that yeah well obviously <laughs> germans don't do that you have sinterklaus and you know it's i've watched the office i know you have uh, um I, i'm sorry what did you just call him sinterklaus oh no that's that's that, that's, that's denmark not, that's denmark no nope. <laughs> um who what is what is the the thing in the you have like the the evil santa that like comes and takes the bad kids and in, in like a sack like isn't there there's there's no. okay krampus 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 you have krampus that's what he, that's who he is go, <laughs> okay. go google go google that after it's that's oh, no who it i is. know who what you're talking about you know who krampus no. is is that not german it's not a real thing no. it's not a real thing okay fantastic there's a movie about it i know i know that's that's a thing there's movies about lots of things that's true that's true there is movies about okay lots of should All we right. get to the yes yeah let's <laughs> let's get into tom krampus can we just call the podcast krampus no <laughs> no our last, one, our last one was talk shit get hit so no not? this one is literally going to be called like tire fire yes well we've i think haven't like three of her or the, the consequences consequences yeah it's or just it fire george anything dereliction or, of duty or just fire george paros like it's like any of those no we're not gonna do that all right yeah i know i know all right father's day is just around the corner and you probably need a gift for a hairy husband significant other sugar daddy or father of your dog in your life make the men in your life proud this year and get them the manscaped lawnmower 4.0 Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and just launched their Lawnmower 4.0. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code STAFFGRAPH at manscaped.com. Look, trimming is never easy. So imagine surprising the man in your life with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized body hair trimmer that says your balls will thank you right on the box. Easily the best Father's Day gift. This fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Now, you might ask, how is this lawnmower 4.0 different from other trimmers? Well, this upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. This is a great feature if your father or yourself do a lot of traveling for work. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. You can now shave your balls in the dark if you want to. I don't know why you would do that, but hey, give it a shot. You can now shave in the shower because this, po this product is waterproof too. There's nothing worse than seeing shavings in the bathroom. The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. You heard that right. Wireless charging ball trimmers are a thing now. It's crazy. Ladies, I think we can all agree that nose hairs are a major turnoff. Well, the Weed Whacker nose and hair trimmer is the best nose and hair trimmer on the market and the perfect gift for your man. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code staffgraph. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code staffgraph at manscaped.com. So what the fuck is going on? So Tom Wilson is at it again. He's is back he? on his he's back on his bullshit. Is he ever folks, not? Folks, I regret to inform you <laughs> that Tom Wilson is at it again. He is back the on his bullshit. The question here is what? In the percentage of games that Tom Wilson has played over the span of his NHL career, 
What percentage was he not, quote unquote, at it? Less than 50? <sighs> no, I would say... How many games has he outright tried to injure someone? Probably more than 50%. Oh my God, easily. <laughs> that guy is batting like 750 when it comes to games he, he's tried to end someone's career. Like it's... Man, I what's what's funny too is I, I grew like... I grew up somewhat close to Tom Wilson. I played hockey against his younger brother. Like he's like he he's a nice guy. Like he like I'm sure he is. But <laughs> something about him just changes. And when to he be goes honest, on I ice, get that though cuz like when I when I played hockey or soccer actually, soccer, more more so soccer, like I was a psychopath. I got suspended for 35 games in the GTHL. Okay, well, I actually, so, I believe I heard about this. Yeah, so it's uh, so like yeah, I'm he's like a, he's a different. total loose cannon. He this is <laughs> okay. He's dangerous. I don't want to like. I don't ever. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't want to ever diagnose someone with anyone, anything. But as someone who goes to therapy, someone who used to have you know like problems controlling their anger way back in the day, like as as a literally as like a preteen. Tom Wilson's got to go to therapy, man. Like he's like, this is, you, you don't do these things if you're, if you're doing good, you know, you don't do these things if you're, if you're having a normal one in, in real life. Like he, <laughs> you know, it's like he, so can we just recap in this yes, yes. six game season? He has yeah. already been suspended for seven games. Now numbers, numbers, girl. You're, that's you. That is roughly fourteen percent of the season. I was just about to ask you that. So he's already been suspended, and the only reason he wasn't suspended more that first time, yeah, let's do the let's do the math here. But the only reason he wasn't suspended more there is because technically, in the bullshit NHL rules, repeat offender twelve and a half percent. Twelve and a half percent. You were close. You were close. Although Price is Right rules, you're over, so you lose. Unfortunately, um, damn shame. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, but it's, it's, what's weird is because, so he would have been suspended for more, but he was technically not a repeat offender because his last suspension came in the 2018 playoffs when he was suspended for literally like not allowing out Zach Aston Reese to eat solid food for like eight Did months. you see that Peros didn't even want to suspend him and Bettman was like, ah, you, you need to issue oh, a suspension. Here. We are, we are getting into that. Have you seen Frank Cervelli's, um, piece? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're getting into that. So essentially what happened is so, so yeah, so he got suspended seven games, came back. So that makes him a repeat offender. And when you're a repeat offender, you are judged far harsh, far more harshly. Well, you like, should be. For example, Nazem Kadri, we take him for example here. He went and he concussed a player. I can't remember who it was. Was it Jake DeBrusque both times? Oh, I don't remember. Okay, well, he, he concussed a Bruin in 2018 and, okay. was, sus- and was suspended for three games. Okay. And, th- and then the next year, he went out and he did basically the exact same thing and concussed Jake DeBrusque. And because he was a repeat offender and he did it and he was back on his bullshit, as we say, he was suspended for the rest of the 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 playoff series. And what's funny is like it wasn't give, like the least could have been swept. So that means he was only suspended, you know, like one game or whatever. They could have won whatever. 
he was suspended for the rest of the playoff series because he was a repeat offender. And that happened a calendar year later, literally like two, like almost to the day. Tom Wilson was suspended seven games this season for concussing Brandon Carlo. Who was in the hospital for two weeks. Exactly. Was carted off. And so then he goes Good on. Stuff. And he, Definitely stuff and, we want to happen in the NHL. Exactly. Having a normal one, as we say. And then he assaults three people, which includes grabbing Artemi Panarin by the hair, which let me just say such a bitch move to, to pull someone's hair. You fucking baby. Like, are you kidding me? Fight, fight like a normal, honorable person pulling. First of all, he's like six foot five, right? Yeah. If you, if you can't deal with Panarin, then which we all know you can, like Mm -hmm. you're just a piece of shit. Like, honestly, hair pulling, I've had my hair pulled because oh, yeah. I, I have long hair. Like, I've had my hair pulled. And let me tell you, my reaction would not have been as kind as Panarin's. I'll say that. Well, it also depends on the context of when you're getting hair pulled. Like, there's certain contexts in my life where I like getting my hair pulled, you know? But okay, that, I don't want to know any I know, of I know. That. <laughs> but no, it's, no, thank you. But he literally so, suplexed Panarin by his hair. Do you know how he was able to grab his hair? Because Panarin wasn't wearing a fucking helmet because his helmet fell off. So now he is in the most vulnerable position you can be on an NHL ice. But we should throw him down to the ice by his head. They were so like, my God, the NHL. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the NHL was lucky in this scenario because he could have died. He He could could have have died. died or he could have gotten a brain injury. Like a bad, like a really bad one. Keep in mind, not not to consider that Panarin is out for the rest of the season after this, as a, and they say as a result of Tom Wilson. Because I got some fucking mouth breather in my comments uh, <laughs> or, or in my in my replies the other night, being like Panarin was already playing hurt, so Tom Wilson didn't even really. No, no, no. David Quinn came out <laughs> the next day and said Artemi Panarin is out for the rest of the season as a result of Tom Wilson's bullshit. Okay, so here's the thing, and this is probably my biggest issue with the Department of Player, or the the Department of Lack of Player Safety, the dollops, that's what we're going to call it at this point. The Department of Um, Player Endangerment, you mean? (laughs) Yes. Dope. Oh! You're welcome. Bro, we just cracked the code. We just... Yeah, we cracked the code. Oh my God. So this is my issue, is they spend way too much time punishing the result of a play rather than the intent. So, um, this is a great example. If Artemi Panarin, if Tom Wilson does that exact same thing, but the result is Artemi Panarin cracks his head open, has a brain bleed, and is in the hospital, Tom Wilson is looking at jail time. Quite frankly, right? But nothing happened. So there's no $5,000. It's fine, which I actually did the math. Oh my God. And Tom Wilson getting fined $5,000 at his current salary is the exact same as me going to McDonald's and buying a junior chicken on my salary. It's the exact same thing. If I. So awesome. We all know that I definitely do that more than once a week. You do. So you. Which means I can afford. Tom Wilson can afford to smash someone's skull into the ice more than a one time per week. It's good stuff. Well, so Pat, like just to, to jump ahead real quick, Pavel Buchnevich got suspended one game in which he will forfeit $25,000, which means, um, 28. If my, 
or sorry, 28, but we'll, let's just say 25 because it's easier for math purposes here. He will be able to, that he could have just slammed five star players' heads into the ice and walked away I mean, kind of scot-free. But instead seems, he had to, it's, Yeah, for something much less dangerous, might I add. Exactly. So if I, if I, I was just saying, like, if I had the ability to essentially assault someone, um, oh, for, not essentially. That no, would be considered aggravated assault in society. If I had the if I had the, had the ability to commit aggravated assault for the equivalent of what five thousand dollars is to Tom Wilson, which is zero point zero zero nine six seven percent of his salary, I did the math on that one. I would be on Doug Ford's doorstep right now. <laughs> I wouldn't be I wouldn't be recording this podcast. I would be on Doug Ford's doorstep right now. Dead. So it's like. The, the press, it's not just, there's so much wrong with it's It's that he wasn't a, he wasn't a repeat offender, even though he's being suspended seven times before then, but he, but now he is a repeat offender after being suspended seven games for a terrible hit and seven games prorated on a 56 game season, might I add. Is 10, I think. Exactly. So he's being suspended 10, basically he was suspended 10 games, 82 game season. And so he's already a repeat offender, already skating on thin ice. Then he grabs a star player in one of the biggest, if not the biggest hockey market in the world and slams him and he gets $5,000. But okay, even if it wasn't Panarin, anybody, you should not be doing that. Oh, absolutely. But the NHL, like they care about that shit, man. Like they, they like, or at least you think they should. So he grabs- they because don't. then so, they would suspend people for murdering McDavid on a near daily basis. Exactly. But in Madison Square Garden, he grabs Artemi Panarin, the New York Rangers star player, by the hair when he doesn't have a helmet. He's in a vulnerable position and slams him to the ice and starts punching him. And on, to- on top of being a repeat offender again, like he just got suspended for seven games. Five thousand yeah, dollar fine. Two and a half months ago. $5,000 fine. You could not, like, people were joking, like, oh, I can't, like, can't wait for the, oh, and can't wait for the 5000 and And on, to that point, because what the, what I've the NHL. I literally spent more than that in, like, the last three weeks. What the NHL like, likes to do, too, is they like to, they like to uphold, like, the sort of noble, like, oh, you know, respect for the game. So what I thought at least would have given him some suspension is that, is the posing in the penalty box after he did that. Because he goes, he slams, he, he assaults three people in that. And then he finished <laughs> off by slamming Panarin's head. And then he goes in the penalty box and is like flexing and posing. And because Did you see my favorite tweet out of all of this? Which is someone saw that flexing and tweeted out, the NFL finds players for wearing their socks incorrectly yeah. more than this. No, seriously. I was in tears. The NFL fines players more than $5,000 for wearing their socks incorrectly, but the NHL will allow you to commit aggravated assault and just ca- just carry on. How, carry like, on. how, uh, it, it is absolutely <laughs> insane. And so, but like, essentially, so, what the, dumb. so what the player, what the Department of Player Safety is there to do is to create a, a is to, is to set sort of a precedent and create an environment that, negates this from happening that keeps players in line and you're suspend when you're suspended and you're a repeat offender like the 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 impetus is okay you were suspended so you have to learn from your mistakes and move forward 
Does it seem like someone who has learned from his mistakes when he is still doing the shit he's doing and then gloating about it in the press in, in, in the penalty box? He's gloating. He's flexing. He's goddamn Hulk Hogan in there. Like doing the, <laughs> Hulk Hogan. He's doing the, oh, I can't, you know, it's, it's absolutely insane. And oh, I, it's psychotic behavior. Like, even if you want to even because I saw Anthony Stewart's you know argument is that within the context of the rules, he didn't. It wasn't a suspendable offense. Fine. But a first of all, that's bullshit. But second uh, it of all, definitely should be a suspendable offense. It should be a suspendable offense. But first of all, that's Suplexing bullshit because he's, someone seems he's re- like it should be a suspendable offense. He's a repeat offender. So even if it was in the context of the rules, he's judged harshly no matter what. Um, but two, like then gloating about it. That's at least like you like, dude, what's his name? Friggin Garnet is it? Hathaway got suspended more for spitting on a dude. Oh my god! Than this, yeah. remember? Didn't he get suspended? He got suspended for spitting on a guy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yep. George. Okay. So then. So then the Rangers. So that happens. Oh, and I would also like to point out because people were saying like, oh, like what's he supposed to do? Zdeno Chera is literally the Hulk compared yes. to everybody else on any given shift at any given moment. He could pick someone up and throw them into the fifth row. But guess what? He Oh, also, he's a kickboxer. So he could literally pound anyone and everybody, including Ryan Reeves. And he chooses not to because he knows it's dangerous. At what That's point toughness. do we expect the same thing from Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves? And we get it from Ryan Reeves. He doesn't go around like a baboon, literally endangering people, right? No, Chara could kill someone at any given moment, but he knows that and he knows he has to play within the context of the league. Tom, like, could you imagine if Wilson was Chara's size and acting like this, people would be dead. No, yeah. Chara, Chara is basically like John Wick. Like, he's the most deadly man on the planet, but he only... He should he win only, the Lady Bing every year based on the fact that he just doesn't kill people. Exactly. Char, like, Chara's John Wick. He's he's the most stoic guy on the planet. Not actually, but... <laughs> but, he's, but, he's the, but he's also the most deadly guy on the planet, but he'll only act and use those skills if you fuck with someone he, he cares about. Like, it's... So... Tom Wilson. Did you notice just, that last night in the game, yeah, he Char was on the ice fight. to start the game and didn't touch anybody? Hmm. It's it's almost like he he thought this was a control. Yeah, it was almost like a he has self control. B he thought this was dumb as shit and he didn't want to have any part of it because it is. It's so so. To, the next day, Tom Wilson gets suspended five thousand dollars, which is I think objective. Like I think this is objectively like this is the worst I think decision player safety has made. Like full stop. I don't think they've ever missed the mark harder than this. Yeah. So 10 years ago, I want to say Mario Lemieux, who objectively on the Mount Rushmore of hockey players probably Without should listen when he speaks. He's, he's in the of conversation thing. of if, if injuries didn't rob him, he might be the best player of all time. Right. He convinced the league that things needed to change in terms of how the game was being officiated and, and, and disciplined and he convinced NHL headquarters to bring in Brendan Shanahan. Yeah. And Shanahan was doing a great job. And lo and behold, the GMs whined and moaned. And so Colin Campbell and Gary Bettman and Bill Daly reneged on it and essentially pushed him out the door because that's exactly what happened. Oh, my God. And so to me, and, and this, in conversations I've been having with people within the game, the belief is that until Colin Campbell and and 
the way that those people think until they're gone, this is not going to change because there's no appetite for it. And then Frank Saravelli comes out and good reporting oh, by him. Yeah, but this is just and says oh. these GMs were like they want they want this kind of thing. Well, let me tell you, personal experience. I was standing next to Ray Shiro, who happens to be one of the head of the hockey men. Yeah. When Nikita Kucherov elbowed Sammy Vatnin in the head only mm-hmm. in game three of the playoffs and concussed yeah. him and put him out for like six months. He hasn't been the same defenseman since that yeah. hit. No, you're I right. I was standing next to Ray when that happened. And you know what Ray wanted? What? A giant fucking suspension. You know what he didn't get? Was it a giant fucking suspension? Any suspension. So GMs only want it cleaned up when it suits them. Mm -hmm. Not just in general. And the reality is, is we wouldn't have to clean it up when it suited them if we just cleaned it up in general. Exactly. It's, but that it's, will not happen when Mr. Concussion Emails is still at the head office. Well, Mr. Concussion Emails and Mr. Tampering with refs to not be so harsh with penalties on his own son. That should have been like we have email proof that he that he was telling referees to not call penalties on his own son, and his own son's team, which should have been a like Pete Rose level banned for life. Scandal. Yeah, you're gone. But instead, he's allowed to create this or continue to create this environment of just absolute absurdity. So Wilson's fine. Five thousand dollars. Panarin is out for the rest of the season the next day. And the Rangers send out send out a statement that is I'm going to read it here oh, is is the it most is one ch- of the best things I've ever seen from a hockey team. It is the it is. Yes, it's one of the best things I've ever seen from a hockey team. And it, it is it's also every word of it is true. And it, and can we just point out that the Rangers had more energy with this than they did with racism? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I got it. Yeah. We also got to keep in mind, like everyone's saying like, oh, you got to hand it to the Rangers. Like you really don't have no, to hand it to the Rangers. No, you do not. This is the team that aided and abetted Under Tony no circumstances bullshit. you need to hand it to James Dolan. Exactly. So. The New York Rangers sent out a statement that was New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety George Peros and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. 100% 100% correct. There is not a single, there's not a single wrong, you know, act of punctuation in that statement. It's, that's the most, the that's, only thing that, missing from that statement is calling out Bettman and Campbell. Yeah. That's the only thing missing. But I think it's very important to note that the most valuable from a monetary perspective for a league that is so concerned with making money, the most valuable franchise in the NHL put out a statement that they that, calling or essentially saying that the head of the department of player safety for the league is unfit to continue his current role. That's very, very notable. Well, yeah. And we talked about this, uh, last week, if the Rangers and the Leafs and the Habs and Chicago and the Bruins were going to say, all right, I'm out. Like the league would fold. And so this is not the same as like Arizona or Dallas coming out with this statement. We're talking about the New York Rangers. Like, 
Whether people like it or not, when James Dolan or Jeremy Jacobs or Jeff Molson or Larry Tannenbaum issued that kind of statement, it hits a little harder Mm -hmm. because everybody knows that they're the ones that bring in the money. So 100 percent when you when something even if you don't like what they have to say, you better listen because they're keeping your league afloat. Yeah. So maybe don't go behind their back and express support for all these GMs because or because it it's insane. So that statement comes out. And it was it came out that that came from James Dolan, which then when I read it back over, I was like, yeah, that seems like something James Dolan would say. It's the heartbreaking. The worst person, you know, makes a valid point. <laughs> I mean, yes. You know? It's literally like I, I was going to tweet like the worst part of this is that it's making me agree with James Dolan, <laughs> which I never yeah, thought I'd have is, to do. Mm. Um, so that happened. And then the next day, the biggest shocker came in that out of nowhere, Jeff Gordon and Jim or Jim Davidson. Is it Jim Davidson? John Davidson. John Davidson. There's so many Davidsons. I don't know. Jeff, Jeff Gordon and John Davidson, the president and the GM of the New York Rangers are fired. And the collective hockey world went, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then it came out after that, that they did everything they possibly could, Davidson and, and Gordon, to distance themselves from the statement that came out because they didn't want to ruffle feathers. And again, it's not a surprise that these are that, that you know, this these are the two men at the top of the food chain who, who aided and abetted Tony D'Angelo's bullshit, who signed off <laughs> on the team. Signed off on the team, retweeting his Watch Your Tone podcast announcement, who gave him chance after chance after chance, who brought him into the organization in the first place, who defended him, who, re- who re-signed him to a two-year deal this very offseason. It's not a coincidence that they didn't want to upset the old boys club and then James Dolan, well, essentially. But then... It's, it's, to me, it's not a surprise because it's... You know you're probably getting fired because it had, like... You could have, Dolan probably should have waited till the end of the season to fire them just because like optics wise, but it doesn't surprise me that Gordon and Davidson did this because they knew they were probably getting fired and they want to make sure they're still kind of able to take advantage of the, uh, NHL executive like placement services where they get to like the NHL will like push for people like Peter Shirelli to be hired or whatever the case may be. Right. So it's, I'm not surprised that they did that because if they distance themselves from it, then the hockey men are still going to respect them, which in actuality, I would have more respect if they came out and said, no, like we agree with this statement. Absolutely. Like I want someone to have the balls to come out and say, that's a correct statement because behind the scenes, I've spoken to more than enough people that are like, I had no issue with that statement at all. Like you might not like how like that it was said, but nothing in that statement was incorrect. It showed me the lie. Yeah, nothing like in that not, And I wish those people came out and said that publicly. They really should have. Because this game will not change until those people do. It absolutely won't. And we saw last night. Someone is going guess, to die. Yeah, we saw on Wednesday night exactly how little this game is going to change. Because now I was expecting, because the Rangers and the, Cap- and, and the, the Capitals were set to play again Wednesday night. And I was expecting nothing to come of this because so much of hockey is posturing. So much of it is, you know, like everyone was like, oh, it's going to be a showdown. And I was like, you know what? Everyone's going to get their hopes up, but it's going to be a bunch of, you know, these, these little, these, these little babies, not, you know, 
uh, uh, posturing. There might be a fight, but it's not going to be really anything because when the chips are down, you know, I, I really don't think these guys go at each other. And boy, oh boy, was I wrong, Rachel. So guess who had the over in penalty minutes last night? That is, like you said, the easiest bet you ever. I'm, I'm kicking oh my myself that I didn't, I didn't do anything on that. It was 56 and a half, and I was like, this is gonna get hit in the first period. And lo and behold, 100 minutes of penalties in the first period. Did it get hit in the first second of the game? Literally? Uh no. But as but soon as the close. Wilson Smith fight did, so a minute and a half in, I had a nice cool. Uh, bet that i had cash and we're not going to get into how much i put down on that but Man, i would have put was, my, i was my i saw savings. the over and i was like that can't be that's gotta be an error like no way especially because like i had spoken to somebody on the rangers mm-hmm. on tuesday and i was kind of like what's like what's the mood like how's everybody feeling and this <laughs> guy was like doing? no like the boys are the boys are fucking pissed like the boys Absolute. are angry and like shit is gonna go down. Their main like, man. I don't care if Colin Campbell calls whomever to tell them, hey, settle it down, this, that, and the other. As they will say, boys will be boys. And and you know what they probably said to Colin Campbell? Thank you, hockey man. Your opinion is noted. And then they went out and did whatever the hell they wanted. But did you see Kevin Rooney flexing to Tom Wilson on the bench? I did. I thought Kevin Rooney was gonna <laughs> oh get suspended. Oh, and he got and he got a ten minute. I, I was kind of, I was half hoping he was going to get fined so that I could say that taunting Tom Wilson is the same as Tom Wilson suplexing a guy by his hair. It's, it's insane. The lack, the absolute lack of, okay, so, so there were just an absurd amount of fights last night and everyone got involved from. Except Chara. But, <laughs> yeah, except Chara, but like from, from Carl Hagelin to Ryan Strom to like just Brent, Brandon Smith fought Tom Wilson. And then Tom Wilson well, he got, actually did a really good job there. I, look, he he stayed alive, which is all you can really um, hope for because I Tom, would say he did more than stay alive. Well, Tom Wilson well, he has, clearly hurt Wilson. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he definitely didn't. If you think that Wilson's actually hurt and Peter Laviolette and the Cavs didn't just go, OK, we're going to pull him so that we quell the nonsense. You're a silly goose. He is not hurt. So this place doesn't burn itself to the ground. Like it's that, that game, even like they pulled Wilson, but like that, that would essentially what I was expecting to happen from that game is Wilson fights, gets out of the penalty box, immediately gets challenged to another fight. gets put in the penalty box again. And that's just until eventually they just kick him out of the game. Like it's, isn't it like if you, if you fight is if, if you fight twice, you get kicked out or is it, no, I don't. I think that's in the OHL. But did you notice they called the instigator penalty last night? Finally. Finally. Look at that. They rightfully it's, called it. Good for them. But like. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's so if the fighting's one thing, but what I was by not suspending Tom Wilson, you create plays like Pavel Buchnevich going up and cross-checking Anthony Mantha in the face, which by I think the way. I more of a punch than a cross-check. I mean, punching, crushing, whatever. But by the way, people are saying he just did that out of nowhere. Dude, Anthony Mantha no. slashed Pavel Buchnevich like four times in this. Sp- it like was over four times. I counted four times over the span of like 30 seconds. Like he didn't just do it, you know, once. In a- he he followed him around the ice and slashed him four times before Buchnevich retaliated. So yeah, it's- I would punch you in the head, too. Exactly. It is absolutely insane just how stupid this is. Like it's, it, but it fights are one thing, but it, it's, it's the like 
that that I think had the most in, like you know potential to truly injure someone. And that play, that play alone, was caused by George Peros shitting the bed. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great-looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. George Peros, I just want to, I just want to make this clear for everyone here. Now, I know Rachel has had to be very, she's, she has to be, you know, more, these are the, the, the views and opinions expressed here are of Mike Stevens and Mike Stevens alone. Let me just say that. So anyone listening Rachel to this would like a job in hockey and therefore has exactly. to be careful what she says because hockey men. So anyone, anyone who's going to get mad at Rachel for this? No. So let me just say this. Make no mistake. George Peros is so unbelievably bad at his job that if he did this in any other industry, if he was a goddamn fry cook and he, and he straight up took a shit on every burger <laughs> that he put on, <laughs> on the fryer or whatever, he would be fired. He wouldn't have a gaggle of, you know, old boys club in McDonald's hats going, yeah, but he's a good boy. So he can't, if George Peros whipped, like pulled down his pants and rubbed his ass over every junior chicken before giving it to customers. I don't think the, the McDonald's old boys club would, would protect him, but that's what he's doing as head of player safety. He, he has, his job is to create a junior chicken and he pull, he pulls his pants down and rubs his ass over all of them. And then is protected by Colin Campbell because he's a good old boy. And it's, it is absolutely insane and just mind boggling how <laughs> stupid this, this, this is the dumbest guy who's ever gone to I Yale in tears. This is the dumbest guy who's ever gone to Yale. It is. Did he go to. 
you go to Harvard? The dumbest guy who's ever gone to Harvard. And goddamn, I was accepted to Harvard, and I'm kind of glad I didn't go. Goddamn, Jared Kushner went to Harvard, and and George Paris is is still the dumbest guy who's ever gone to Harvard. I cannot believe how bad this guy is is at his job, or just how the the sheer lack of of. I want to say just like awareness because Pavel Buchnevich does that, but you're already the re like the team just called for your goddamn head. You are the most hated person in hockey right now. And you decide to give Pavel Buchnevich a suspension. This guy assaulted three players, injured their best one. And you, and you're, you're the only recourse that came out of this essentially is the team that got assaulted was issued a suspension and a fine by the league office for criticizing you for again rubbing your ass over junior chickens. <laughs> it's like you, honestly, like it's a disgrace. When we talk about when we talk about dereliction of duty, it's that's a correct term. Like, yes, that's the correct term to use here. And I'm not just saying. Like, I, do I think it'd be different if? somebody other than George Peros, but not the ilk of Mark Savard was involved. No, I don't. Right. Until we have people at the player safety department that are actually more concerned about player safety than player and then being buddy, buddy with a hockey man. Right. Like even Brian Burke talked about the fact that like people were angry when he issued suspensions, but he knew he had to give suspensions because they were dangerous plays. Same with Brendan Shanahan. He knew like, I remember when I was doing some stuff with the Leafs, I asked him because we were sitting down. He, we had lunch one day and I was asking him, I, I wanted to ask him about his time at player safety and he was really open about it. And uh, I said, I was like, what was some of the reactions you got? Because those are some some really hefty suspensions. And he looked at me, he goes, honestly, I knew they didn't like me, but that's my job is not for the GMs to like me. My job is to make sure that this game is safe. Exactly. And this game is not safe. This no. is dangerous. Not at all. It's not safe at all. Would you... Th- so this is how I put it. To everybody like Carlo Koliakovo and Jeff O'Neill and, and the people that think it's okay. If that was your kid in Artemi Panarin's shoes playing hockey, would you be okay with it? No, I'd jump over the goddamn glass no and chance, kick the shit out of it. No chance, because you know what that would be? I'd call the children's aid. That would be a call the children's aid. I, I, the fact that the man in charge of player safety, which is like... This is a league that a denies CTE exists or the, or denies the, the, the link between CTE and concussions the, he, his job is to ensure that players are safe while playing the sport. And they have a guy who is the founder of an apparel company called violent gentlemen. <laughs> he I'm, makes a shirt that says make hockey violent again. Is that, yes. that's, that's your, that's your savior. All right. And, there's an, like, I'm on their website right now. And the, one of the first things that I see is a shirt that says violent gentleman with an ax as its thing. <laughs> and then under it, the words, the new standard. Good stuff. Definitely the type of toxic masculinity we want to be encouraging. It's literally putting an arsonist in charge of the fire department. <laughs> oh it makes God. no goddamn sense. It is, it is ruining the game. It's putting John Wayne Gacy in charge of the neighborhood watch. It's literally putting Charles Manson in, uh, in charge of the justice system. That's how it was put to me by one of my friends. Scary thought, right? It's putting, um, 
Ted Bundy in, in charge of, you know, the program in college where you walk, where you, where you walk women home. So they make it home oh, safe. Safe, walk. safe. It's, in, it's, it's putting Ted Bundy in charge of safe walk. It is the worst possible decision you could make a former tough guy who is entire, who has made a brand is making money off of shirts and apparel that's that are called violent gentlemen that are saying we are that that literally it's a violent gentleman is forged from steel and bound by a code so we're talking about the goddamn code again yo the second i see the word code i'm already like your opinion is out like i just it's done like it's done i'll like to me i've said this so many times there's clearly no appetite to actually make this game any level of safe. I'm not asking you to take hitting out of the game. I'm asking you to take out, like, suplexing people or chicken-winging people or running people from behind. Because, like, what? How can you say that's safe? And I go back to it again. If that was your kid, so... uh, Keith Kachuk, he has two sons playing in the NHL. Yeah. Right? Would Do you not think that maybe Tom Wilson would be getting a, a rather threatening phone call from Keith Kachuk if he pulled that nonsense on Brady or Matthew? Probably. Oh, he'd be, he'd be, it'd be on site. Not even a phone them. call. He, Keith Kachuk would probably just show up at his door. Exactly. And that's a guy that could beat the shit out of Tom Wilson. There would be hands that would be thrown. But that's like... Put put yourself in those shoes. If you're not okay with that happening to your kid, then you shouldn't be okay with it. That's how I see it. Because that's where we are. We're at a we're at the point where we're talking about lifelong effects, traumatic brain injuries. Like this it's it's dangerous. And so for me, until the people at the top either change their mentality or are shown the door, th- and we get people who actually have an appetite for change, like Brendan Shanahan, Paul mm-hmm. Correa, Mark Savard. Like, we are not, if I, like, I, you know, it's odd when I'm saying this, but even if Ray Shiro was involved with that department, it would do a better job. And that, I don't think you understand, everyone who's listening, how just absurd the words that Rachel, that, that just came out of Rachel's mouth. I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> like it is like that that is the the last thing Rachel would ever want to say or ever want to admit and yet she's not wrong like it's I I literally this whole situation th- makes me ill like I'm I was yeah. physically nauseous watching that game last night I'm physically nauseous now talking about it like it's <laughs> this we're talking about like you know we touched on the TV deal last episode yeah okay I'm going to give you two options hit me all right you can watch Matthews versus McKinnon or McDavid versus McKinnon type thing. Stars on stars. Mm-hmm. Or you can watch what you what the Rangers and Caps did last night. What are you picking? Stars on stars, man. Right. So what I equate this to is everyone's like, well, we it tunes in. Yeah, guess what? Everybody looks at a car accident or a house on fire when they <laughs> drive by. That doesn't mean we want it to happen. That doesn't mean it's good. You, If you want to tell me that punching someone in the head is good, you belong in a mental hospital. Full stop. To all of the, like to like to all to all the people like the biggest okay the biggest defense here from all the shitheads out there like the like the Ryan Whitney's and all and you know the there was this random, that was the most embarrassing video I, I know in a long time there was this random like TSN Montreal reporter 
who essentially just was like, notice me, Tom, notice me, daddy, please. Like, you know, being like, he's the king of the jungle. Like you're just fuck. He's, I hope he sees this, bro. He's not going to fuck you. So just relax. But there, this whole sentiment of like, just a reminder, 31 GMs would take Tom Wilson on their team. You know why? Because the, that's the only way to guarantee that he doesn't fucking concuss your players. You know, what's interesting is I know and have been told personally by two GMs that they would want Tom Wilson nowhere near their team. So what Ryan Whitney said is categorically incorrect. Mm-hmm. You know what me and Ryan Whitney have in common is that 31 NHL GMs don't want us on their team. And you're both shit hockey players. And we're both shit at hockey. So it's, we, we got a lot in common. Also, I'm probably in better shape than Ryan Whitney is right now. So yeah, you probably are. Yeah. But you know what? The, the thing that bothers me almost the most about this entire situation, apart from like people getting injured and like just the grossness of this all is TJ Oshie's father passed away a few yeah. days ago. And we and have the guy that, scored it's a hat trick in his first game back. And we're not even talking about it. It's 56 minutes into the podcast. And this is the first time we've mentioned what might be the most heartwarming story of the last five years in hockey. Yeah. They, they robbed us of that narrative. To, to put on this because fucking... that's where the focus should be that is what i want to see leading sports center that is what i want to see being talked about on the radio not this bullshit no this isn't this is this is just ridiculous like it, it's so low low it's brow, gonna be like... super interesting because tom wilson so a little fun fun fact tom wilson knows somebody who golfs at the golf club that my father my brother and i golf at yeah right it's a it's a private club and they can kick mm-hmm. you out whenever they want darcy tucker's actually almost on the verge of being kicked out Uh-oh. um yeah he literally tried to fist fight someone in the middle of a pandemic last summer okay um, well that, that'll do it that'll do it um and one of the members not named darcy tucker invites tom wilson out and uh there are a lot of people at that golf course who don't particularly like tom wilson for how he acts on the golf course and Definitely, he's, his his play on the ice and his shit on the ice is a topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. I wonder if someone actually says something to him this summer. Probably. If we're allowed to golf, ever. But I, I truly wonder that, because he has no issues like mixing it up and getting in conversations with people, even though he's not a member there. <laughs> I would love to see... I have a few people in mind that I know could like eat his lunch. I would love to see him go up against them because they would flat out tell him like you're a piece of shit like you are there are former nhl enforcers who golf at this particular golf course that yeah. thinks he's a terrible that he's terrible for the game because he former is nhl enforcers by the way keyword there like enforcers. people who bandied about with with george peros that think that the game needs to move past this and that tom wilson is not good for the game because he's not and he's being enabled by just absolute morons in George, in George Peros and Colin Campbell and to, I guess, a certain extent as well, Gary Bettman. Like what I want to take, what I want to take from this because we're almost at an hour, so we should wrap up. What I want to take from this is every day from now on that George Peros is still holds his current position is a pock upon the league. It is a, it is a, an absolute atrocity that this man is allowed to continue to govern this game. He is ruining it. He it from the inside out. 
and and it's funny because the teams are actually the ones that pay his salary. So for me, like I look at that two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. If I'm James Dolan, I would I would literally ask the bank for two hundred fifty thousand dollars in pennies, and I would drop it off in a bag at NHL headquarters. Pennies. I would pay it in pen. Yes, I would pay it in pennies. Or even you know what you don't even have to. Do. I know of someone who paid. I believe it was a $50,000 fine in the equivalent of two knees. Good. I would do that. James Dolan is the exact type of troll that would do that. And I on it, frankly, I hope he does. I hope he does. But but that would be the cool thing to do. And James Dolan's just such a... No, imagine him just posting a picture of it on Twitter. Just a giant bag of money. Hey, man, if you want to win back any of the PR that you have just nuked by being arguably the worst owner in professional sports history then, oh my god you know. it would be hilarious do you know how many fans th- that he would have if he did that he they should i'm i'm shocked they haven't released another statement like that like what's another 250 grand doesn't matter it's another junior chicken exactly what are they gonna it's do another... force him to sell the team well i'd be worried about it because george paros has probably wiped his ass on it <laughs> just an you have now ruined junior chickens for me how the hell am i supposed to eat one now I'm so I'm so glad I could do that. Can Blame we, George like, Peros. Quickly recap what has happened with the Rangers this season. Absolutely, take it so, away. We've got the Lord Voldemort nonsense, yeah, which t- I honestly TDA. think he should have been dressed for last night's game, and the Rangers should have just been like, "You know why you're dressed? Do it." I want him dressed for last night's game so I could watch him get his ass kicked. That would have been great. No, like I. I wonder how many people, like, what my biggest worry last night was not any of the fighting. It was, what if the Rangers retaliated by going after, like, Backstrom or Carlson? Yeah. That was my worry, because Washington does have something to lose, and quite frankly, if I were the Rangers, that's exactly what I would have been doing. Right? There's there's no code, clearly. There's no code. So what's stopping you from going after John Carlson's knee or his head? Right? That's exactly what Tom Wilson did. I was legitimately afraid that that was going to happen. I'm really yeah. happy that it didn't because we'd, we, just, we just can't have that type of vigilante justice. Um, but you've got the, the Tony D'Angelo crap. You've got yeah. Mika Zibanejad having a slow start because he had COVID-19. You've got Panarin who had to take a leave of absence because there were fabricated allegations against him from stemming from like the Kremlin... Mm-hmm. He's being attacked yep. by the Kremlin, right? He was and then you had for his life. Yeah, and then you have David Quinn and his entire coaching staff in a COVID absence, and then the Rangers ended up winning. Like, what was it? Like seven one nine nine one nine one. Yeah, like think about what's happened with the Rangers this year. They've been a mess. From so, like the thing is, is that you know what? As much as. It was relatively surprising. I think that that Davidson and Gordon got fired. I think it was more of a like the timing was more surprising because this was a pretty disappointing season for them. And just from an actual like internal perspective, the amount of just turmoil that they've dealt with is just absurd. What I find to me enabling I've, Tony D'Angelo the way they did is a fireable offense. Full. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But James I, Dolan is notoriously a giant. Uh, Trump supporter guy in that sphere. So it is what it is. But to me, enable like you came out more steadfast in this instance than you did against racism, homophobia, 
sexism, like any of that, to meet that, that in and of itself is a fireable offense. You you came out more steadfast against this than when your own player, Keandre Miller, got his his Zoom availability with fans nuked by a bunch of racist trolls. That is exactly what I was talking about. Exactly. That is what you should have been defending, because guess what? Then the NHL would not have fined you. They probably would have backed you. But instead, they didn't. So there you go. It's just they they've like this has been an absolutely dysfunctional season for the Rangers. So it doesn't surprise me that the two people who have overseen it were fired. But what I find absolutely insulting is James Dolan going, oh, they, they, the statement, the, the statement and their firings had nothing to do with each other. Fuck you, man. Like, dude, we're how, not that dumb. How dumb do you like? You really think we're that dumb? You really think we're that dumb that we're going to believe? That? Although get out of here. You know what? If he fired them because they refused to back his statement, then good on him. If that's why he fired him, I wish he would come out and say it because holy shit, that would be... Man, I hope how could it you is. disagree with that? I hope it is, but I mean, if, we'll if see. that is what he... If he said, this is what I'm doing, and Gordon and Davidson said, we don't agree with that, I, I, I'm glad he fired them. Yeah, I don't like... I, I Good choice. This, like, it's the first good choice he's made in God knows how long. I don't want cowards working for my team. And by them going like, oh, like we had nothing to do with that. We love the the the, the good old boys. Please give me a boot. I need. I'm hung. I'm hungry. I need to lick it. I need to lick the boot. Then I. That's coward move. And I don't want. I don't want them anywhere near an organization like this. Um. All right. You know what? I was gonna. I was gonna rant about my trials and tribulations to try and get a vaccine in, in Toronto. But I'm gonna save that maybe for for next week if I haven't still booked it because I think there's been enough outrage on this podcast. So. We'll leave it there. If there's anything I want to leave you with is that George Peros should not be in his position. And every day that he continues to be in that position is a black mark upon the face of the National Hockey League. It's the Department of Player Endangerment. Dope. Exactly. Dope. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we, that that is perfect. That is perfect that we came up with that. Um, I'm going to make right. a goddamn T-shirt. Oh, my. In the ilk of the Violent Gentleman Club. Oh, my God. We, this is folks, let us know if you would buy that because I will actually do it. Do not test me. If you, if you don't like, if, if, if you don't do that, like I might just go to a t-shirt printing place and make my own. Like it's like that. No, let us know if you want that. I will happily mock that up. Yeah. Mock that up and then we'll put it on Redbubble and, and you can, because that's incredible. Um, all right. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory, me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, any podcatcher you could possibly wrap your big old brain around. Um, you can buy our merch on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash Staff and Graph Shop, sorry. And um, let us know if you want that Department of Player Endangerment or Dope uh, uh, t-shirt because that'd be great. And uh, if you want to write us a review, we would love that. Please make it positive, but if it's not, then hey, Make it entertaining so we can read it. Rachel, is there anything you want to leave our wonderful listeners with before we see what fresh hell Tom Tom Wilson is going to wreak before next show? Wear a mask, get vaccinated, stay safe. Peace out, folks. <laughs>